Hi, I'm Peter. And I'm Tefio. Welcome to the This and That Chat. I feel like my mic is really loud today. Oh, I wonder what the uh, listeners are going to say about that. You're not that loud, though. I'm not that loud? Well, that's the first time I'm hearing that. <laughs> no, actually, it's not. I often get told that I don't, no one can hear me. I feel like I'm that person that is at the restaurant and the waiter's literally right in front of me and I'm like, excuse me? And they turn around and they just walk away. Well, now now it's even worse because with the mask on. Yeah, but I don't have a mask on when I'm talking to them. And their ears are not masked up, so there should be no problem. I've just been told my voice doesn't carry. See, I'm, I'm, so I'm. You, on the other hand, are Cuban. Well, even with that, but I like I'm visual when I'm speaking to people, so for me, I I almost it's almost like I read lips at the same time, so I find myself having to say what, huh? Say it again. I didn't hear you. Yes. Okay. I understand what you're saying. I feel like it's nothing to do with what I said, but. I understand what you're saying. Well, no, because you were saying you were saying that they couldn't. Oh, never mind. <laughs> hey, you had, had a moment. I had a moment. You had a moment. I had a now. moment. I had a. We'll call it a kept me a moment. Oh, stop. stop. A K a K M. Ooh, that actually sounds really good. What a K M? Yeah, it sounds like a K O. Finish him. I love that. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> about that, you know, it's, uh, I have, I also feel like I have a problem listening or not listening, but like understanding when people are saying things sometimes, whether it's because they're talking too fast or the way that they're pronouncing words, whatever it is. But have you ever had to say, um, what was that? And they repeat themselves and you're like, I'm sorry, one more time. And you still don't understand what they're saying. And by the third time, you don't want to look like a dunce. And you just laugh? Yeah. You just kind of <laughs> look at their expression. Yeah, you look and see what, they're, what they are And then you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Something so we... I've started saying, I have a bad ear. Okay? <laughs> because what I have found... So if I've ever told you I have a bad ear, that's, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's my only way of being able to say talk to me again because it slows people down and it makes people enunciate their words much better so i have i have a couple a couple statements i'll add to that okay so one of my guys he is like his spanish is like really like ranchero mexican so it's really hard for me to understand him sometimes Mm -hmm. um and I always tell him, I w- I'm always like, Carlito, you have either English or Spanish. Because I, I have no idea what no you dialects. just said to me. I, I'm like, I don't know what you just said to me. He's like, <laughs> I'm speaking to you in Spanish. And I'm like, no, you're not. And he's like, well, my wife tells me the same thing. Interesting. <laughs> so it's like he just starts talking and it like all his stuff just mi- mixes in together. And it's it's really funny. But it's like no nobody understands him. When he gets into that really fast speaking, even my other guys who 
who have a little bit more of that fast, um, that fast Spanish, Spanish yeah. like they don't get them. And they're yeah. like, whoa, 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 slow down. I'm like, and like my phrase is English or Spanish. That's the only two languages that I speak. Oh my goodness. It's so funny. Um, well, and but, then when you have a mumbler, that's harder. Yeah. You know, but I don't think the people I've come across that I have an issue hearing is that they're mumbling or speaking a different dialect of Spanish or whatever. It's just sometimes it's like when you're on the phone and they're talking to you and then it breaks up when they're saying that one thing. On the phone, no, but yeah, on the phone is even worse for me. Like, I, I listen, in general, I have just a, a hearing issue. See, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, I just don't hear, like, I don't hear things. And that, that's the second point I was going to bring is that I've started doing something. Well, we've started doing something where if one of us oh, says yeah, something so to the fun. other, we just repeat back whatever we thought we heard. Exactly. It's like a it's game like of telephone. telephone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's it's exactly a game that. of telephone. And we, do, and we do that with our kids. Well, we only do it within our family. Because I think no one else would understand. And if you blurred out something like that when you're talking to someone else, they would just look at you like you just grew a second head. But in the house, that's how we talk with our kids. And it's just... And it's, say sometimes it. it's the most random... It's like, just sounds. It, there's not even intelligible words. It's just sounds. And obviously and I, I, that's and not I what know, they said. And I know that when I say things, there are times when I'm... In more of a thought than a cohesive conversation, so my words don't come out as um, as clear. Like even even like to to do the podcast, like I have to think clearly so that I can speak clearly, and I I do that also like in my conversation with people because I I I tend to have a little bit of a mumble tendency. Because I'm thinking about so many different things. So I have to make it an intentional you, phrase. Yeah. And do you know what I think is interesting is that one mumbler doesn't understand mumbling. Do you understand? Like if you're a mumbler, just because you're a mumbler doesn't mean you understand mumbling. No, but, not at all. Not even know? not even close. Because there's so many times like Mike, our son, he's he's... He tends to mumble, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I can think of so many times when he would be saying something and you would say, what? And I would translate to you what he said. Well, he's... Moms have the... Moms do have a special thing. A special thing to understand. I don't know what that is, but when babies start talking. Well, yeah, when they're kids, when they're little, they're like, and I'm like, what? And then I feel like you you can only do that with your children. It is special to you and your children because I've heard other babies babbling and I have no, I would not be able to help them if they're crying and saying, I want something. Mm -hmm. And then mom, their mom comes around and it's like, oh, they just want this. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just special to moms. Yep. But anyway, language. <laughs> it's a, an interesting it's, thing. Yeah. It's and, like tele- uh, what is it? And here, especially, I was actually, I watched a video that was talking about how you can say one, they, they say, they say that Spanish 
is an easy, I don't know if you've heard that, that it's an easy language to learn. I am particularly find it difficult, but then Spanish speakers say English is difficult. So I, I think that any language it's whatever, is difficult. Yeah, it's whatever language you didn't learn first is difficult. Right. But the <laughs> reason why I think Spanish is harder than English is because, especially in a place like South Florida, where you have a melting pot of different countries here, you say one word in Spanish, and that is that word does not mean the same in every country. I don't, I don't know if I can share this story. I think I'm going to though because it it pertains to that, uh-huh. and I'll be very PG. P PG. <laughs> There's a prime example. PG. PG, okay. Okay. So. So slow down your talking. Listen. No, it's not that. So there is my favorite, my most favoritist. It's not a word. It is today. It is today. <laughs> my most favoritist. Food in the entire world is. Ooh, gosh, you're gonna put me on the spot like that. Yeah. Your most favorite food. Are we talking like? Are, am I supposed like, to say what breakfast? is? Yeah. No. Oh, uh, meat. Oh gosh. Your most favorite food. I, in the I world? wish oxtail. Yes. Okay. I wish you guys could but see you my could say like, th- like you can see my face <laughs> as the disappointment. I'm like this is. What is this? 20, hey, 21 meat. years and that's it? Hello. You know the first thing that popped into my mind? Talk. Uh, Mexican. Okay, but what's my most favoriteest food in the entire world? Okay, oxtail. Thank you very much. Sorry. Okay. And so, it's cooked in a specific way. Yes. It's like amazing. Anyways, so for Cubans, right, we say rabo encendido. Right? That's the name. Rabo means tail for the Cubans, but in other cultures, um, particularly the culture of um, my in-laws, <laughs> Rao means something different. And I remember, um, I won't describe what it is, but you guys can imagine, um, I remember sitting at Katmia's house when we were first, when I was first trying to I don't know, first trying to to scooch myself in there. Um, and we were having a conversation at at the table. I think we were playing a game, something, whatever. And favorite foods came up. And I immediately said, Rabo encendido. And the look on Ketmia's face, because that word means something a little bit on the vulgar side for her mom... She looked at me like, no, no, like, like, no, like, move on, like, say something different. I think my shocked face, honestly, was how gross that sounded. Because of knowing the word meaning, right? It just sounded gross, but... Well, you thought it was something else until I explained it. I want to say that I think that you may be wrong about what, what it means to Cubans, Okay, because I remember your grandmother telling me, laughing about the fact that, no, that's not what it means. It's the tail of the ox. I know. I remember that. So that means but that's what that I'm for saying. Cubans, it means the same thing. It means but tail. No, that's not what she said. 
So now this is a debate that we will have to settle for another day. You have to put a bit on that. No, no. Yes. Oh, man. Is it possible for us to call someone? Can we phone a friend? I don't even know. I wouldn't even know how to do that. I know, right? And we couldn't put them on the spot, not not knowing. That's true. That's true. I don't know. It's only raw and unscripted for us. (laughs) (laughs) But... I am gonna say that your grandmother laughed and she said, No, no, that's not that's oh. not what we're eating. She said, It sounds like that, but it's the tail. So I do think it means the same thing for you guys. It can it can be used in that context. Well but when you say rabo encendido, everyone knows that it's, it's an ox tail. tail. Yes. yes. But on the just other using, hand, just my using grandmother <laughs> used to make this soup. That's called um, mondongo soup. Okay. And when I was a kid, any time that we would, you know, get to her house and it was like, oh, what are you making, grandma? I don't know, but I feel like she used to make that soup a lot. Or maybe it's the time of the year we visited. I don't know if this is like an Easter thing, whatever, right? But she would make the soup. And oh my gosh, every time that I knew she had made it, it was... I'm so excited, right? And it was because, not because of the veggies in the soup or the taste of the soup, but it was because of the piece of meat that I was going to get in my plate, which I used to think about it as meat bubble gum, okay? Or just meat gum. Meat gum. We'll just call it meat gum, okay? Meat gum? Meat gum. G-U-M. G-U-M. Yeah. Okay. The moment you stuck that thing, first of all, you had to like get your canines out, okay, and shred through that, like pull it, pull it, pull it, and then it rips, right? And then you can chew on that piece for hours. And I, I just would love it because it was full of juices of the soup, and it just was amazing. All right. As an adult, I decided, hey, Maybe I want to try to make that soup for my family. Hey, what is that meat that you use for that mondongo soup, right? And I get told, oh, it's tripe. Just go look for tripe. I don't know what the hell tripe is. What the hell? Okay. What what the hell? (laughs) It's my favorite audio. Um, And I go to the store and I am shocked. I'm telling you. If you had told me that I was eating Rocky Mountain oysters, I would not have been as shocked as when I saw this despicable honeycomb piece of whatever that is. Stomach. Oh, God. It's stomach lining. Okay, whoa. Okay, we're talking about it too much. (laughs) I cannot believe that that is what we used to eat in that soup, and that's why it was chewy. That's why it was meat gum. But apparently that's how you make that soup. It's amazing and delicious. I would never eat it again. I'm so disgusted by it. <laughs> it sounds disgusting. Yeah, well. It's like my whole childhood was a lie. That's what it felt like. The best soup in the world turned out to be a lie. <laughs> Maybe it was the, just the experience of going to your grandma's house and... That it was, was her always thing. fun. It was always fun. Did you enjoy going to your grandmother's house when you were a kid? So I lived next to my grandmother. How amazing! In the is same, that? in the same, um, so 
when my parents got married, they built an addition onto the side of my grandmother's house. Like a duplex. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we lived on one side until I was 11 and change. Because that's when we moved down to the Keys. And, yeah, that's, I mean, I was I was at my grandma's house every day, essentially. Oh. Come home from school and go over there. But was it fun? Like, was, because I wonder how different that was for you. You lived next to her. Did you prefer to be at her house than at your house? Did she make you cookies or snacks after school? Like, what was that like for you? Um, I think, like, if I were to, like, remember, like, put it back to, like, a certain memory that was, like, fun for me, that I enjoyed the most. Um, it was, she was always, I don't know, she always had some kind of silliness going on. Mm. It was always some kind of a game where her arm was a spider and she was attacking you <laughs> or, um, or, wow. if it, or if it was raining. Uh-huh. If it was raining outside, like... Get up on the couch because the electricity is going to get you. You mean the lightning? Yeah, lightning or whatever. Um, I think that's a Hispanic family thing. There was just little things like that. But like every, like every morning I'd go for breakfast and, um, you know, I'd have my cafe con leche with my toast and butter. And she'd always have that ready for me. Um, sometimes even when I get when I got home from school, it was there. Um, I'm trying to think. There was just so much, like, there was, like, little stuff that would just happen. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, we had a neighbor, the the lady in the back. Um, so, my, m- our house was a corner house. And on on the back side. Hey, my house was a corner house, too. Mm-hmm. So, the, the back side of the house had um, this American lady who spoke no Spanish at all. Right? And then you've got my grandmother who spoke no English at all except for bad words. Um, that was all that she knew. Um, Why is that the first thing that they learn? Because it's the easiest. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember my grandmother was very paranoid whenever she was like going to take a shower or going to do something, whatever. She would lock all the doors. And I'm outside playing um, back in the day when you were actually allowed to just be out in the street and play <laughs> and like just be back by by the time the lights in the street turn on um at the turn of the century i mean yeah <laughs> anyways <laughs> so um i remember i'm playing outside and there was like a little there was like a little hall like not a hallway like um um an alleyway like an alleyway behind <laughs> no yeah, yeah yeah there was for real. What are you talking about? So in between an alleyway is between buildings. Okay, These so in between houses. in between yards, there was a little alley. No, there's <laughs> for real. So there was like the the fence line for my for my grandmother's house, mm-hmm. and then there was probably like five feet mm-hmm. of just grass, mm-hmm. and then another fence line for the neighbor. Oh, so it was the in between. Yeah, it was like an in between, and it okay. was, and it it kind of was like a little bit of a maze. Mm-hmm. I never quite understood why it was there, but it was there. There must have been a dispute over whose land is what, and then that's how the fences got put. Yeah, out. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, so I'm I'm playing. We're running around the house. We're going back into this little corner, or whatever. And I needed to go to the bathroom. Like I was peeing myself. I was like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I go running back. 
Um, there's nobody at my house, so everything's locked. I run to my grandma's house, and she has everything locked because she's taking a shower. And I am <laughs> dancing. Like, I need to go to the bathroom. And on the outside of the house, there is a, a gas tank, like one of those big um, propane tanks, because mm-hmm. they have a gas stove. Mm-hmm. And I decide that if I just lean up against it, I could pee there, and nobody will see me. I was wrong. <laughs> the nosy neighbor. The neighbor saw me, right? And she picks up the phone and calls my grandmother. Oh, my god! Now, there's this American lady who doesn't speak any Spanish, okay? And my grandmother who doesn't speak any English. And the lady is telling my grandmother, pee-pee in the gas, Pedrito, pee-pee in the gas, pee-pee in the gas. Listen. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be 40 this year. I still hear this from my grandmother when I talk to her. It must be one of her favorite memories. It's like one of those things. <laughs> it's just, it's so silly, but she says it, and, and she repeats it the same way that that lady did. Beeping the gas, beeping the gas, and then she just starts laughing. Anyways, I just remembered that story when we were talking about that. So That's a good story with your grandma. Yeah. She was fun. She was always... She was always, by the way, this is the same grandma who is on her phone looking at the ring camera. Get off my lawn. (laughs) Anyways, but it's so different now. It's like, you know, she's, um, she's older and, um, and like, she's, she's always tried to be like, stay kind of hip in whatever we were doing. But anyways. I think grandmas get to that age, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's not every grandma. But kind of where, I don't know, I think your grandkids are so different than your own children. That that stage of of life, I've seen a lot of grandmas are just more permissive, more involved, more everything. I don't know if that's just a... Okay, so if it's just a some grandmother's thing. So here's here's my grandma trying to trying to stay hip, right? So she got a Facebook. Oh god. <laughs> okay, listen. We <laughs> there are certain members of the family who have now taken um they they got her password. Um, just in case, so that they can go and fix things that would happen on their social media, because they they got they, I would say they got a little bit of a dick uh, of an addiction, like they were on there all the time, commenting on pictures and seeing pictures and doing all kinds of stuff, everything that was you know you could find on there, becoming friends with everyone and anyone, and uh, it was funny because sometimes like they would click on the on the um, dictate to speech and then they would just have it on and they were talking and they would just put on this entire conversation on a comment um, in, you know, on a Facebook picture or whatever and not even realize it. My mom had a, um, had her birthday come up and my grandfather was like, Oh, felicidades, happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, no, and then the car and the thing had over here, and I had to go outside because the trash oh, can no. went out to the over here and the that. They didn't and turn it, it off. They didn't turn it off. Oh, no. So it just recorded the entire conversation and put it on there. Oh, no. So, yeah, so stuff like that would happen, but. 
Yeah, but. and you know, speaking about social media, um, and and that, it's um, we just finished watching the documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, and if if you guys listening have not seen this documentary, I highly highly recommend you watch it. I think it was maybe an hour and a half long, Mm -hmm. I think. And, you know, it's, I I know that it's not going to make a big difference for a ton of people, but if a couple of people, if it impacts them, I think it can start making a difference because social media, I think everybody can agree has become something that I don't think and I mean, even in the documentary, the creators, a lot of the creators or people who were involved in this said that they did not intend it to become what it has become. Because I remember um, back when social media didn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. And so how did you see your friends or talk to your friends? Phone call. Or you saw them in person. Because even back then, there wasn't texting. And I never had an email So I didn't email my friends. It was just, you call them on the phone, on the house phone, (laughs) okay, with the extension, right, where your your parents sometimes are listening or your sibling, right, Um, or you see them in person. And your socializing happened that way. And now that's all gone for a, a, a majority of it. Most people that you talk to, they have cell phones. They have social media accounts. There's other ways to, to I guess, talk to people than just the, the face-to-face thing. Well, the, it, it's changed so much because everything's become so fast-paced. Like, trying to figure out how can we do so much, so much faster that it just causes for people to find shortcuts. And social media really is a shortcut to a relationship with somebody you know you can you can say i've got you know i don't know 500 friends you know on facebook but when was the last time you sat in a room with those with any of those people you know it, it's like a non-existent and what now, is a friend and, yeah i and, mean now now that's the question like what right. is a friend yeah, and i don't know changed. that right and i don't know that for the new generation i'm talking about like the kids nowadays like what does that even mean because that all of that has changed so much and I mean the documentary for me um was impactful because for school I've had to do several papers already um on subjects of controversy or you know just a subject that I'm interested in and I've always been interested in social media and the effects that it's having on people because I feel like mental health is another thing that the country doesn't really address well. Um, one of the statistics that I was reading is that the number of beds in a psychiatric hospital has decreased so low that, and, and then on the, on the other hand right it's it's not able to maintain or take care of people who have been documented to have mental health issues okay 
Um, but on the other hand, prison beds have increased. So there's like things that are happening in which, like I've done a lot of, um, of papers looking into mental health and like how the country is handling all of that. And social media keeps coming up as a reason why anxiety is high, depression is high. And then looking at this documentary, like I heard a term that I've never heard before. Snapchat dysmorphia. And I, I mean, I think nothing should shock me, but that shocked me. That psychiatrists are saying that they are getting requests from people to make them look like they're filtered photos. Now, I did more research into that, and I was really happy to see that these doctors have referred people to getting counseling and refused to do these surgeries. I mean, one doctor said that their client actually produced filtered photos of herself as her pictures. When he said, show me pictures of you, I guess, you know, like to see you, what, what's your favorite picture of yourself that you want to replicate? Well, every, everything is filtered. That's there's, what I'm saying. There's, it doesn't matter, like changing anything from complexion to, um, you know. Your lip size, your eye size, size, eye everything. Size, yeah, the whole, the whole thing. You if you look at a picture on on any of these platforms, nine times out of ten, there's something adjusted in them. Even if even if it's the adjustment of brightness and shadows and just trying to give, you know, and even um, there's such a conscious effort to disguise the real you. Um, you know, a lot of people... Um, uh, you know, they take pictures at certain angles and they do certain things to make themselves look different. And then, you know, at, at the end when you meet them, they're like, oh, you catfished me or, or you know, you're, you're I mean, you know, like whatever. I mean, catfishing but didn't, I, how could that have existed before? It couldn't have. It couldn't have. And like for us, I know that you, you started to make some of these changes even before we this is way before we watched yes, the, the we documentary. Just watched this a week or so ago. Right, and and you started to make social media changes way before I did. I started in the beginning of uh, it was actually January twenty twenty. Right, it was actually part of yeah part of something that you said when right. we were when we were up in the mountains yep. on vacation. You yeah. were like, you know, I'm gonna go back and I think I'm just going to make adjustments. And, and it I'm was gonna... because for me personally, I wanted to slow down. I was feeling overwhelmed by just the, um, not just the, the fast pace of life. Or did I say that right? That sounded weird when mm-hmm. I said that. But, or, or you know, that fast pace. Um, but also, I wanted to be more intentional about who I was spending my time with and what I was doing with my time in general. And so much of that, in fact, um, in, in a survey that was just done recently, teenagers were asked, how many hours do you feel like you spend on your, on your phone a day? And they said, you know, from little bits here and there, an hour or two. Do you know that the average amount of time that teenagers spend on their phone is 10 to 12 hours a day. And they're unaware that they're spending so much time. So I know for myself, right, 
that there was a lot of time spent on Pinterest, making boards, you know, dreaming about, like we said, things we were going to do to the house, looking up recipes. It it seems like it is... Like you're being productive. Exactly. But, you're you're yeah. not just mindlessly scrolling through videos, right? I felt like I was doing something, but then it was like, all of a sudden, you know, you sat down to do one little thing, you were searching a recipe... And 30 minutes have gone by mm-hmm. and you moved from the recipe on to something else, you know? Well, so that, that was, um, so like, like I was saying for you, you started to make that change before I did. Um, and I, I, it was almost kind of like, I, like I was in a little bit of denial. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not addicted. I'm not nothing. I'm not, you know, like that was kind of the thing that was happening with me. It's just my decompression thing that I would Yeah, I'm decompressing. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would be like, I'm just, this is, you know, I'm just, I'm just bringing, I'm coming down off of my day because it was so busy. It was so crazy. Mm-hmm. It was this or that, whatever. So I found myself making these little excuses and these little things. Um, and then I realized that I just wasn't paying attention to anything that was going on around me. Um, and I went cold turkey from like one day to another. Um, and I, I, I only stayed with Instagram and I took everything else off. Um, and it's funny cause even on Instagram, I had to learn how to use Instagram cause it wasn't the one I, so I chose Instagram because it's the one I didn't know how to use as <laughs> efficiently okay. as uh-huh. the others. Mm-hmm. But like, I would remember like I'd get on TikTok and I'd scroll through an hour of videos and look up and be like, damn, what just happened? <laughs> and I, and I, I found myself lost. And it, it's the same for a lot of people. You know, they feel that way. I, I put a poll up on our, on our Instagram this week. Oh, did you? About this? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I asked. I missed it. Um, I asked, you know, how many, how many people feel like they are addicted to social media? And we had 24 responses. And 22 said yes. Wow. Two said no. Yeah. And, and whoever and, you, and I would and are. I would I would challenge the two. <laughs> yep, I would because, say because even now, even though I've made adjustments, I'm finding myself back in some of the same patterns. Well, and so I wanted to go back and finish my transition into it, right? So for me it was very um it was very important that I like uh remove my time from being on social media. You know, to me, it was like a daily checking in. Did I get any messenger messages? Uh, Do I have any notifications on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, right? And it was so important for me to turn that off starting in January. I felt like this load come off of, hey, I'm not like waiting for this you know, notification or did someone answer? Did they read my message? Whatever. Did they like okay? my picture? I mean, well, I was, I was more like I had messaged someone and it had been three days and have you read it and you saw it, but you didn't respond to it kind of. Okay. So that was my thing. Right. And I was so excited about, okay, like I'm going to claim back my time. I'm going to do things that are actually more productive, whatever that is. Okay. And then all of a sudden, three months into it, COVID and everybody's home and then 
everything is back online. Everything. I felt resentful. I think that's the the right word for me. That I was forced to go back into social media. And someone actually told me that. Someone told me, um, you need to stop being resentful over that. And you just need to see the good that it is. And I couldn't tell them at that moment, you don't know what this means to me. Like this is... This isn't just about, oh, I don't want to be forced back into social media because I'm, I don't like it. It was more than that to me, you know? And, I, and it was dismissive the way that they said that. And to me, now looking back, it just makes me think about this is how unaware we are of what social media is doing to some people. And the way that we can say, oh, you know, like, how come you're not on social media or you're missing out? You know, how do you stay connected with people? It's so ignorant to say that because we know that there was a different way before social media came up. Yeah, And, and I think that's the only thing that really saves us. And I'm talking about you and me. Right. The fact that we did know that there was a different way before and we have not been in this world this whole time, because then it makes me think about even decisions that we made early on before when social media first came or not not just social media, but like the cell phone and you being able to carry this thing around you all day long. You've got your your Internet on there. You've got everything on your phone. Right. We made rules in our house about no cell phones at the table. Absolutely. For any time that we're sitting down, no cell phones at the table for food, no cell phones for family time. And and, and still holds true to today. Yes. And we have And we have to, our... and we struggle we struggle with it because our kids so like our son, he doesn't live at home anymore. You know? But even when he was, right before he moved right. out, he got his well, Bluetooth yeah, he headphones. Was, oh, yeah. Right? And so it was yeah, so, like a sneaky way of bringing whatever he was listening to the table. And it was like... Well, hold on. So, so um, when, when I had let my hair grow out, and I had it for a while, I think um, there was a, some point there where Michael was like, oh, I'm going to... I'm gonna, copy dad and start letting my hair grow out and I was like that was interesting I you know I didn't expect that you know and it got to the point where his hair would stay long and would almost sit always to one side and I think it was the side that was hiding his ear pod in his ear <laughs> in it his was ear. just a convenient thing it was a convenient it was no, a but, convenient thing but but we like like that's something like even now like when 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 he comes to visit and he's here at home and mm-hmm. we sit at the table and and um, and it, even even his fiance when you know like it like you know like we're holding her to it also yeah. because you know we're, that, we're at home it's in it's that's important for us to be able to sit there and have these conversations right. and and it gets a little tricky because there were some times where you would forget the rule mm-hmm. you the parent right. Yeah. And it was like, okay, so now, you know, kids are looking at dad, like, uh, but you have your phone, right? And it was for something, I don't know, a call from work. It's like, I have to take this. And then 
you know, you never just use your phone for that one thing. That one thing turns into, oh, let me send a text to somebody or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're on your phone again, you know. But we have all kept each other accountable when it comes to that. And I am so grateful for that because you go out now, and we see this all the time. Anybody who's listening, you can attest to this too. You go out, you look around in a restaurant. I would say that 95% of people are not engaged in conversation with each other. They're on their phones. Well, remember when, <clears throat> when we were away for our weekend, we were at this, uh, the fancy restaurant, Chop City Grill. And like, you know, we, we like, like we had shared with you guys, we felt completely out of place. So we were I mean, very... You ob- more out of place than I did. I had a steak. <laughs> we were very observant of the people around us. And there was a table next to us that had four kids that were sitting on it. And all four kids were planted, like, their face to their... Uh, I think there was a tablet. There was a um, a Nintendo um, the, the Switch. There was um, pe- you know kids on their phones. Whatever screen, whatever like whatever screen. screen they right. were they were slam packed into their faces. You know with these machines. Yeah. While everyone you know around them was having dinner, and you know that that's been something that we've been more observant of because we're being more critical of ourselves. In that in that time, for me, it was it was very hard, and it's still very hard. I have to, I, you know, I have to kind of force myself to, um, to not want to reach for my phone or not want to, you know, do something on my phone because I've grown so accustomed to having that right at my fingertips. Um, but one of the things that I did to kind of help me do that is, and. And no offense to anyone if you were on my friends list, but like I went through my social media. I shut down my Facebook completely. Well, and let's just pause there for we're gonna park our car right here for a minute, okay? Okay. Because that is just one of the one of the roadblocks that I ran into, right? Was that I wanted to shut down my social media entirely. Okay. Two things that I learned from this documentary is that we the people are what's on sale for businesses. They're not selling to us. We're being sold to them. So our attention, our data, all of that is being sold to these people so that they can advertise. Whether right? whether you want to or whether not. Whether you want to You can or click not. on that little button that says do not share data all yep. you want. Your data is being sold. Right. Because somewhere, somewhere else, you accepted something Right. And who's reading all of these little fine prints ever? Have you noticed that every single time you go into a website now, you've got to accept cookies Mm -hmm. or it doesn't let you into the website? Yep. Okay. So, um, so my, one of the problems I ran into was I want to shut down Facebook. All right. So I went deactivate my account. First thing that first, it was almost impossible to find that button. I had to go through so many steps to get to the deactivation button. And when I got to it, it said, if I deactivate right now, every picture that I have in there is going to be, like, um, lost. Yeah, deleted, gone. Right? And it stays with them. Right? I don't want to give them my pictures. So what does that mean? Now I have to go on there and I have to download years worth of pictures because that's the only place that they're at because 
What do we not have? Nobody has albums anymore because everything's digital. And I just have not had the time to. So what I did was that I, um, there's, there's another option that you can choose. Like you muted it to the world. I muted it to the world, but also like you're, you're logging off for a while. So you're like putting it to sleep. It's not deactivated entirely. Um, I, I, yeah, all, all you would need to do is go back in there, hit one button, you're back. Right, right. But, but here's the kicker, right? When I post to Instagram, there are some times that it will post to Facebook. And I have turned all of that off, and yet it's still posting over there. And I know that because somebody who, who was part of my friends list on Facebook will tell me, oh, I saw that you did that, and it's like, I, I didn't, I haven't spoken to you in however long. How do you know that? So it's posting over there. And so it's, it's like me, the user, me, I don't have control over shutting things down. Well, that's, that's why I did what I did on, like on Facebook. I went in and I deleted every single friend, top to bottom, completely. So I still have my Facebook. It's still there. I put myself as non-searchable, like they can't find me. I, I'm sure that you can Which still be I'm found. I'm sure you can still be found. But you can't see anything. Like, I, I just, I made sure that I had all that stuff shut down, whatever. Dang it, I wish I would have thought that we were talking about this today. Because now that you say that, my brother, um, or was one of my sisters, who shared a website that is completely free. You don't have to pay for it, okay? And you can find your information, like, everything that they have on you. Your address, your phone number. Uh, known family members who live with you. It's insane. Well, everything's on the internet. Right. <laughs> and I didn't give them permission to have my information. But. Well, somewhere you did. Somewhere I did. You clicked something somewhere. Something, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just, so so for me, like I have, uh, like I reduced everything to the bare minimum, minimum, minimum. and Because you can't delete it. Because you can't delete it. Oh, but, I, I'm sorry. But for I me, think that's what it was. But for me, it was it was just one of those things where I felt that I needed to um, eliminate the the enticing of going and scrolling through other people and finding out, you know, what are they so doing? There's nothing to scroll through. There's nothing to scroll through, right? And what I end up find, finding out is that when you have nothing to scroll through they find something for you to scroll through because you can continually you can continually scroll through Instagram nonstop and never reach an end and when you look at the post the post says suggested for you suggested for you suggested for you based on likes that based you on likes from. based on stuff that you know so it's like these pages just continue to feed you and feed you and feed you and feed you because they want you to be there. They want you to continually come back. They want you to continue to look and see what is going on in there so that they can just feed this want over and over and over. And it's, it's, it's crippling. It actually, it actually like, it holds you down. It messes with you. Um, well, another thing that you did that I thought was helpful was that you set a timer for yourself or a limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on 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 the iPhone, I um I just put an hour for social media, and there are days where I just ignore it. I'm not gonna lie, 
But there are days when I'll go through the entire day and I won't hit that hour. I won't spend that much time on, on social media. If I'm, if, I don't know, I, I would say that maybe um, 70% of the time I don't hit that, that time frame. And then there are days that I just, you know, that I, that I do, but, um, but it's, it's, it lets you know, like, it, it's like, and I think more, more like what I was referring to is that very first time that that came on that said, okay, you've reached your, your limit. I think it was a little surprising to you. Like, oh, oh I yeah, didn't realize yeah. I've reached it already. <laughs> it was nine o'clock in the morning and I had reached my hour and I was like, What? I think that's really when you were honest with yourself about, I think I am addicted to social media. And so, and then there's no shame in that, especially hearing it from these developers themselves on this documentary, talking about how they are the ones who created the programs that keep you hooked, right? And they themselves are falling prey to the very programs that they developed. One guy even went as far as to say that he had to write a program to get him to quit a platform because he was unable to stop. And and when they asked them all at the end, would you allow your kids to be on social media? They all said no. They all said no. And because that's they, very because telling. They, because they know, they know what it is. That's very telling. And, you know, so another thing that we did with our kids was that we did not allow them to have a cell phone or any kind of internet access or social media for that until they were 15. And while I think it was enormously helpful for them not to be exposed to that in you know their vulnerable ages, it still does not erase what it does to them from then moving forward. You know, there's... And it's so much of it is... And you, we're talking about, so for Mike, it's five years that he's been on social media, mm-hmm. or almost six years, and it's nothing close to what it was back then when he first started. No. So it, it's and constantly... it's an ugly place. It's a constantly changing mm-hmm. in a very ugly, ugly yeah. place because they're looking for those... They're looking for whatever it is that's going to bring you back. Yeah. As and and I, I started telling you this the other day, and well, we never got around to it, but um, I was talking to my dad, and he starts telling me about a video that he saw, and then he was like, oh, I, I got I to gotta try and see if I can find it. And then he's like, oh, there was this other one, and there's another one, and another one, and another one. I was like, I was like Dad, you got to save them. He's like, oh, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to save them yet. I don't know how to share them. I'm like, what platform are you on? Like, what are you, where are you finding them? You know? He's like, oh, he's like, I got such a bad addiction to TikTok. It's so bad. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, well, what are you doing on TikTok? And he's like, he's like, no, I started to look because I was looking at, at your sister's videos and she was posting stuff with the kids. And then I started looking at that. And then after I watched their video, I just kept on scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. He says, he goes, it's bad. He's like, I feel like I can't put it down. I just want to watch the next video. Yeah, and so when you think about social media, right, you think about Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I guess, um, Twitter, right? You would say those are your, your, your four big ones? There might be others YouTube. I'm missing. 
Okay, so I have never considered YouTube social media because you don't have friends on YouTube. You are going to watch content on YouTube and maybe you're posting content, but it's a maybe. More so, you're scrolling on other people's content or, or random content. But one of my brother-in-laws, right, um, said that for him, his addiction was YouTube. Still struggling, you know, but YouTube, I never saw that as a, a thing. And then it made me, and it, that's just naive of, of me, but it made me think that even Mike had mentioned that one day that he was sick and he was like in bed all day long, whatever, he came out of his room and he was like, I have finally reached the end <laughs> of YouTube. Remember he said yeah. that? Mm -hmm. That he got into places that he said were just weird and, and I'm like, how... How does that even happen? It's so hard to comprehend, but this is like the rabbit hole that never ends, right? And then going back to what you said in the beginning, just about people positioning themselves to take their best picture, right? Um, one, one guy that I saw, he was doing a TED Talk on this, right? He was saying that in order for you to understand social media, you have to understand it as a slot machine in Vegas, okay? This is how they are designed to be. You're playing the slot machine, hoping you're gonna hit that jackpot or you're gonna win something. This is why gambling attracts people. You're just gonna put in a little bit of money and maybe you're gonna hit the big one, right? And that's how it works. It works based on rewarding you with people's comments, people's likes on your stuff. And so, yeah, people are trying to post their best highlight reel so that you can get that satisfaction of, you know, it's like, ah, this got this many downloads or it got this many likes. Well, I've, I found myself doing that this week because of our episode for last week. Um, we didn't get as much traction on this last episode and I and I was telling kept me. I was like, I was like, oh, you know, we only got this many downloads this time. It wasn't as much as the last time. It's the, it's the, you know, there's this. So what do we do? What do we need to change? What? And she's like, we're not doing this for anyone else. We're just doing this for us. So what does that matter? And I was like, I was like, dang it. <laughs> I was like, that's not fair. <clears throat> no, but but it's true. It was it was you you look for that kind of stuff and um. And it was, it, it's it's hard to 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 not want to to rewire your brain is the thing. yeah to think differently. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. And what I was going to close with was um, the highlight reel of our lives. Right, that's what goes on on display for everyone to see. And to talk about another documentary we saw, uh, I think it's called Family Man, the Chris Watts story. Right. Their, this family's life was on Facebook. She was like a direct sales representative for a company. So she did tons of live videos, tons of photos. I mean, she put her entire life on display. You would look at her videos and you would say, they have the perfect family. They're super happy. They're so in love. And if you look up Chris Watts, he's the guy, Colorado guy, right, who killed his pregnant wife and their two toddler baby girls and then dumped them in a field 
because he wanted to go start his own new life somewhere else. And so, like, you never know. It's like, a, this it's is a not facade. real. It is it's a, facade. a facade. It's it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social media stuff is a screensaver. But you have no idea what's going on. Like, that computer could be full of viruses, but that screensaver always works. And when you walk by it, it looks like a beautiful computer with no issues. But there's so much stuff that's hidden behind it. And, and I think... If if there were to be anything that you take away from this episode, I would say that, you know, first I, I would strongly suggest to watch the documentary because I, I thought it was really, really good information. Two is if there is um, a need for you to... Well, I think to, everyone to, should do a personal assessment. Yeah, you know, to do do a personal assessment on it. And if you if you find yourself in a spot where... You know what? You're you're hiding behind the social media or you're hiding behind that like like there are so many amazing professionals that are out there that are able to um to help you and it's it's not something to be embarrassed about because I I I would say that it is probably the most underrated um I don't, I don't know the word I'm trying to, to put it together, but like it's the most underrated thing that has benefit for, um, you know, for married couples, for parents. Are for... you talking about counseling? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I guess I should have been a little bit more specific, but I'm I saying was trying like, to help you find your word, yeah, but I, I wasn't sure where I, you were going. But see, that, that's what happens. I'm like, I'm thinking and I start mumbling. Yeah. And I mean, so, not to say that. Okay, you. If you're addicted to social media, you need counseling, right? No, but I'm I'm saying if you're like in the self assessment, if you find stuff, right? If that, there's like a self esteem you... issue, like there's got to be people out there who are thinking about that. Like, I never want to take a picture because I don't like how I mm-hmm. look. I mean, there's deeper issues in all of this, you know. And there's a lot of good that you know. Obviously, technology has brought to us, but at, but you at the end of the day, the piper will be paid. Mm-hmm. And that's what, like, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to lose just to be part, like, connected to this this machine that isn't really connected to anything at all? Like, you're, we can still have conversations with people. You can still have genuine relationships with people. Um, it's just the phone needs to be move out of the way. Yeah. And otherwise, you're having a conversation with the phone and the person you know so it's just like assessing you know your situation your usage and then finding ways if you know if that's something like hey I want to reduce my time you know like one of the things that I did was turn off my notifications you know and and that helped immediately like not not, being able to see those little those Mm -hmm. little bubbles you know so um, so yeah, I mean, it's not something it took us, we fell deeply into this hole very quickly, yeah. <laughs> all of us, you know? Um, so it's going to take a lot of hard work to not let it rule us, I guess. Yeah. The one ring. Look at that. Look what happened to the people who wanted the one ring. Very true. Well, that was a lot. There was um, a lot of really good stuff we talked about today. That got serious. It did get serious. Well, that escalated quickly. 
I don't know. I I feel wrong telling people to go to our social media and. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, we're gonna have to like get our. I don't know. It's interesting. So if here, we'll do it this way. If there is anything, any subject or anything that you guys would like to hear from us, please reach out to us. All right? You can go to our Instagram. You can go to our website you know, on our YouTube. Send us a message. Let us know. Um, we would love to hear from you. Um, we would love to hear what you think about our show, if you're enjoying it. And, um, you know, we'll be back next week with another exciting topic, something new. Uh, oh, something... I know what next week is. Well, let's not tell them. It's May the 4th. I know. Oh, shut up. Okay. I know. <laughs> Why you let me and go on and on like that? Because, you know, when you, when, that, that was our, that's our closing theme song for today. No. <laughs> no, that'll be next week. Actually, <gasps> wait, you, you got to be careful. You can't go that long because we can get. Oh. <laughs> nah. It's only the first three seconds they care about. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> join us next week. We're going to be talking about a little bit about Star Wars because we love Star we're Wars. We're not sure what we're going to be talking about, but maybe the then fourth. It'll, it'll it'll start off be with all it'll, of us. Yeah, it'll start off with that, and then <laughs> um, and then of course you know we'll follow our rabbit trails. But yes. thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Go watch the Social Dilemma on Netflix. On Netflix, it was amazing. Um, We'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for sticking around with us. And we'll see you next week. See you next week.